Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here in studio today with guitarist Grant Fisher. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello? Good day and good morning, and welcome to San Diego Sessions, episode number 23. We're here in studio with guitarist Grant Fisher, and as a point of fact, you all just heard Grant Fisher on our theme song and have been hearing him for all 23 episodes, right? Yeah, or, you know, just my mom and your mom probably heard him on all 23 episodes, because that's all, (laughs) we've listened to all of them. Right. Um, Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Grant. And I'm, of course, I'm your co-host, Ian Tordella, and we hope all you jazz heads are doing great out there in Southern California. Um, Before we get into Grant's music, I know you guys have been dying with anticipation for this week's edition of This Versus That. I've been so sick. That sounded very. You mean your piano playing is sick, or like you're literally no, 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 literally ill because of anticipation, quite, quite literally, quite literally. I don't understand. I'm barely alive. Uh, <laughs> okay, so these are two musicians, or maybe not musicians, mm. and Ed is going to have to pick one or the other. All right, first up, drummer. Uh, he's played with Wayne Krantz. He's the drummer for Steely Dan, Keith Carlock, mm. versus pianist Keith Jarrett of the Keith Jarrett Trio. Oh, oh that he, Keith Jarrett? Yeah. He's also worked with, <laughs> with Miles, Miles Davis, Davies? Miles Davies. Miles Davies. Yeah. My, yeah. And, um, hmm. I, you know, I think the deck's stacked pretty hard against me. I got to go with Keith Jarrett, obviously, because he's, I used to, I mean, I still do listen to him. I love all his, all his stuff he's done. I love the Standards Trio. I love the European Quartet. I love the American Quartet. I really love the European Quartet. All the solo improvisation concerts just, his solo approach, his improvisational approach, his jazz approach, even his, you know, squealing like a pig while he plays piano, like even that, I've come to love. He's uh, he's meant so much to me. I mean, no, no, no knock against Keith Carlock, but uh, but uh, I'm going Keith Jarrett. Have you, right. have you heard him play soprano? I have. He's, you know, people like my teacher used to like to give him a hard time for that. He's like, he's not bad, you know. We don't talk about soprano on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like on some of that early, early, um, like the stuff we did with Gary Burton. Mm. uh, What's the name of those records? But anyway, he he plays on that. It sounds good. I mean, he's, you know, I don't think of him as a saxophone player, but he's hyper talented. Like I know he plays, I know he plays some guitar and he plays um, mallets. He plays a bunch of instruments. Like it's ridiculous. Okay, next up. This is the the Gerald question. 
um, pianist of note, Gerald Clayton, uh-huh. or arranger, Gerald Wilson? I'm, when you said it's a Gerald question, I automatically knew it was going to be those two. And I then couldn't I, think of any other Gerald. I knew it was like it's going to be Gerald Clayton and Gerald Wilson. Uh, you've again painted me in a bit of a corner. Um, not Nothing against Gerald Wilson, but I, I'm going to go with Gerald Clayton because he's a monster piano player. I saw him with, um, most recently anyway, I've seen him a few times, but uh, I saw him most recently with um, uh, Charles Lloyd uh, in, in his... Qu- oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they, they played a bunch of tunes, and they just did... I think there was a short intermission, but all the tunes, Gerald just tied them together with improv, so the music never stopped for the full set, and uh, it was something else. Like He, maybe just playing with, with, with Charles Lloyd, was just brought out like another side of him. It was an amazing show. I've seen him a few times. I've seen him with, with his, his dad and his uncle. The very first time I saw him was with um, Gretchen Parlato, right after she won that big Thelonious Monk Award, so that was in like 2006 or so, she had Gerald come down from L.A. for a concert at Old Old Dizzy's here in San Diego. And it was, man, just great. He's incredible. Wow. Well, he used to be a big part of the scene here. He was When I first moved to town, he was here every week playing at uh, Gilbert's Session at the Onyx Room, and they had a really cruddy Fender Rhodes in the Onyx Room, like a house piano, and they'd haul the thing out, and Gerald would just play that, and like you know, every other note was wonky. But man, I mean, he'd sound amazing. And I think, I mean, I think he was only—he wasn't even allowed to be in there at that time. <laughs> he was only eighteen, or maybe nineteen, or I mean, maybe even seventeen the first few times he played. Um, but that was always a super fun session. Uh, okay, we've got to wrap this up. Next, the last one. Feel free to jump in, Grant. Uh, tenor saxophonist of note, especially in. Uh, the early 21st century, Mark Turner, or uh, also of the same era and a previous Southern California resident, drumist Mark Ferber. Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, only one of those people can be trusted with a power saw. I know that. Oh, that's... <laughs> Sorry. It's a sick burn. Sorry. If you're a saxophone player, you don't do that. Be very careful with power tools. Yes. I'm alluding to the fact that Mark Turner, was it a couple of years ago, chopped a couple of his fingers off? A couple? Oh, maybe it was yeah. just one. Off. He almost separated, yeah, a couple fingers. Yeah. While he's working on his roof? house. I think it was his roof, yeah. Something, yeah. And uh, they managed to reattach them, and apparently he's gained all his, his playing back, all his capability back. Medical technology is amazing. But I just want to say... No, don't do that. <laughs> um, but despite his his poor uh, power saw, saw technique, I'm going to go with Mark Turner on this one. Okay. I, I would actually go with Mark Ferber. I mean, I I love Mark Turner. He's been such a huge inspiration for me. But man, every time I hear Mark Ferber, it's like he was born to be in the band that he's playing in. He fits in. It's so ridiculous. And I've seen him live a few times, but... Um, he just fits right into any situation. Actually, he sounds really great on Anthony Smith's double double disc. I got into that more after Anthony was on the show. And, you know, like halfway through, I was like, wow, who's playing drums on this again? And even even just on one of the straight ahead tunes, it was so ridiculous. And I, I pulled it up. And of course, it Mark Ferber. Wow. Cool. Anyhow, oh, so we are here with guitarist Grant Fisher. And there's going to be a lot of disclaimers. Uh we're going to be talking about his new record, which I uh, recorded and mixed. And then Grant is also 
the guitarist on our theme song composed by Ed Kornhauser. So there's there's just many conflicts of interest. <laughs> he, he's also in a in a in a large ensemble or larger ensemble with me. Uh, by previous podcast that's run by previous podcast guest uh, Gabriel Sunday. He's one of the guitar players in that, and I'm also in that. So yeah, there's a lot of cross pollination. Shameless self promotion. Yeah. It's a pretty incestuous bunch. Yeah. us uh, San Diegans here. Well, musicians in general, we yeah. all we all play with each other. So uh, give us a little intro on this first tune we're going to drop into. This uh, this is called Open Up. It's also the title track off my record. I feel like it's kind of like a. Uh, you know, an homage to to your standard like '90s punk rock bands, where you name the the album off the first track, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of in an embracement of the electric guitar and sort of a uh, noisy anti jazz uh, situation. Who doesn't like a good embracement? Yeah, you, you know, that sweet sweet embracement. Yes, uh, I love embracementable you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so this also features uh, Harley Magsino on bass and Julian Cantellum on drums. All right, cool. Let's uh let's open up with open up.
All right, you just heard Open Up from the new record Open Up with our guest Grant Fisher on guitar. Uh, Grant, when did you form this this band? Um, I, th- I think we kind of... I, I mean, I played this music in a few different settings. In fact, I think both you guys were part of... Uh, mm-hmm. What were we playing called? the uh, the other song when when we played at uh, the Golden Hill, Hill All Stars or yes. whatever? Yeah, the Golden Hill All Stars. Sort of a collective of a bunch of bunch of musicians who lived mostly within a few blocks right. of each other. So I think we, featuring some other guests on the show, including yeah. Rob Thorson and Matt Smith and uh, drummer Matt Smith, Ian Harland, vibraphone player, now lives up north um, in Ashland, I believe. And uh, yeah, that was a oh, and didn't. Did Jeff was it Jeff Miles? Jeff Miles played on a couple songs on the on our gig that we did. Guitarist Jeff yeah, Miles, New York yeah. guitarist Jeff Miles. Yeah. Although formerly San Diego, formerly El Cajon, I think. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. But this configuration, the trio. When, yeah. When did that come together? So um, I wanted to make kind of like uh, an economical jazz group, or just a group that I could play sort of my stuff and write to a, a band that I knew I could uh, play a bunch of gigs with, hopefully, and be easy to sort of manage rather than having like a larger group. Right. Like I have had in the past. Hurting cats is, you know, it's draining. It is. And also um, I I like playing this music with different people sometimes. Uh, So yeah, I think we started playing with, with Harley and Julian probably around March of this year. And we played a couple gigs and we, we demoed some of the tunes out and then we just, I was just really wanted to get in the studio and get her done. Nice. Sounds sounds yeah. sounds great. Speak, where did you uh, where did you record at? I recorded at a uh, private studio down in Logan Heights. Basically, the whole record was tracked live, trying to stay true to those Word. Rudy Van Gelder roots. Right. It, it's not, I mean, it, room had some great natural reverb. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got a great sound, and uh, I can definitely we could definitely thank my fellow co-host here, Ian Tordella, for for that. All right. Yeah, we did it all live in a, in a really big room. Um, you know, you guys didn't even have headphones, so it definitely was old school. But, you know, also a lot, when I hear this trio, I can hear a lot of your other influences, and it kind of gives you more command of the group just with your own style. But a lot of rock groups will track live and not even use cans when they're doing the basic tracks. Um, yeah. But could you talk a little bit about, like, the different styles that uh, go into the melting pot of this trio? Uh, sh- I mean, sure. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like uh, just conceptually, probably the biggest influence would be the Bad Plus, hmm. who I actually covered one of their original tunes, but they're sort of well known for doing what I would consider modern jazz standards. So they're they're taking songs that are in our, our pop repertoire of the last 40 years instead of the last 90 years. You know they're they're doing their own approach with it, and I think uh, I think that really spoke to me because that's you know. The jazz tradition, you know, you look at all the the jazz standards. They were once popular music, right? Yeah. And I think I think there's kind of a disconnect now, and uh, I think that's why a lot of people are turned off of you know of jazz. So I wanted to, yeah, take take tunes that I liked that are maybe like rock songs, maybe pop songs, and uh, have a group that I could really kind of explore the different directions we could take and use sort of my my different influences musically to try to make some cool versions of just 
pop songs I like, basically. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, there's also going to be an Elliott Smith tune on the record, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Uh, it's called Between the Bars. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually do it um, sort of in the style of a Peruvian Lando. Uh, I, I suspect that's some of Julian's uh, influence there. It, so actually, I was in a an Afro-Peruvian band when I was living oh. in New York that we played a whole lot. We even went to Peru and learned from people there and played a bunch of shows in Peru and recorded two records. And uh, that's where I was sort of like, you know, got the feeling that it would it would work really well in that format. Hopefully it does. Yeah. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> I look forward to hearing that. That's rad. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Bad Plus fan, too. And um, it really made me sad, that, you know, when Ethan left. Ethan Iverson, the piano player, left the group recently. And, uh, yeah. But I've been curious to see how the new lineup's going to yeah, work. Yeah, with oh, wow. Orin Evans. Evans. Yeah. They have a new record coming out fairly soon, I believe. Is it is it actually called Never Stop 2? I don't know. I saw that online, but I wasn't sure if that was a joke or not. But I did see they have a new record because they have another record called Never Stop. Yeah. It or, honestly, it makes me a little uncomfortable when I see the pictures of their band and, and it's Orrin Evans. Yeah. I mean. Mac, Mac, my friend Mac, bassist Mac Layton, had a great line. It's like, now the band has, there's no obvious most dorky member. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, that? Ethan, I, I mean, that's not, yeah. that's, that's a joke, but Ethan Iverson's playing was, is, hugely influential and important to me i I, oh, yeah. I love his his stuff and and i've seen the group many times and it's been inspirational every single time and and they Me do too. the pop songs and then they do you know a whole album they did the an entire trio record of the rite of spring yeah and they they do ligety and all these other modern composers and yeah and then yeah they'll do barracuda <laughs> yeah, they'll do Barracuda, they'll do uh, Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah, it smells like Teen Spirit. That was the first track I the ever The famous heard. major modulation of Iron Man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always like, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know, just taking songs and putting them, you know, on, putting them upside down. Um, so, so Grant, in terms of your guitar style, since you're you're the leader of, of the band, uh, who are some people you drew inspiration from? Or, I mean, there's, you know... Definitely looking way back, probably the reason I started playing guitar is people like Jeff Beck and, um, you know, classic rock guitar players got me really involved in it. The ones who are, you know, expressive and kind of doing different stuff with their guitar. Um, you know, I'm a huge John Schofield fan. You started with John Schofield. Uh, yeah, I did uh, a little bit when I was in New York, along with Brad Shepik, who's another another influence of mine. Um and then you know, there's I've been listening to a lot of Julian Lodge lately. You know, I think he is one of the coolest n- new voices. And of course, you know, I mean, of course, there's Bill Frisell and Pat Metheny are two of my other biggest guitar influences. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like most of the good kind of expressive guitar soloists out there. Anyone who kind of has like some cool weird techniques and mm. is, isn't afraid to kind of get into that more guitar-y kind of sound you know i'm just not a huge of like the that like tone knob rolled all the way back jazz guitar sound that sort of ruins modern jazz records in my opinion <laughs> well that's what i was i was going to mention is I, i'm kind of the same way i mean i love classic guitar tone and and i love um peter bernstein but for a lot of the records and projects that i like and that music i like to work on i, I like guys that have a brighter tone or get some of that almost twang 
out of a tube amp or, you know, Bill Frizzell has his Telecaster so he can cover yeah. like a wide range of sounds and your sound tends to be more expressive and it has like a percussive aspect a lot of the time. So I think that really like brings a different sound, brings some life to the record. Yeah, I think it also confuses people because they're like, "Is this still? <laughs> is, is this, this jazz? jazz? Like, yeah. what, like what is this?" And I think I you see, know, a, I see a pedal board. Is this jazz? Right. Or are you going to do covers? I mean, I definitely get funny <laughs> looks if, when I show to a jam session. I've got my you know weird looking Rick Kelly custom Jaguar. People are like, "What are you, you going to play Smoke on the Water, kid? What, what, yeah. what are you going to do?" Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that guitar actually because you have a very unique instrument. Um, yeah, I bought it directly from Rick Kelly. It was, he, he made it custom for somebody who decided they didn't like it or couldn't afford it. It wasn't really clear what it was. And I had just gotten my guitar stolen actually. Oh, that's right. Your Gibson, right? Yeah. I had, a, I had a Les Paul, which I bought, uh, actually the day I could afford it, I quit my job, my first job. And I, um, and I bought the guitar and yeah, I played that thing a bunch for, for about six years and then. And I left it on a subway platform. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> and there, and there it goes. Oh boy! But let's know. just hope someone, some little kid, got it, and now he's, you know, yeah, really, you'll see it one day. Uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'll, I'll definitely recognize it. It has a couple of unmistakable features. Slash, I kind of destroyed it a little bit. And <laughs> I will always tell if I ever see it again. But you're, but you're Kelly. It's a. Yeah, the Kelly's really cool. It's like a, it's sort of plays like a vintage Telecaster. Um, it's got that Jaguar body. It's got a Jaguar body with a Telecaster bridge and a Tele neck. If anyone's curious, the the neck is a single piece, which is kind of unusual. Hmm. And the body's made out of uh, black walnut, which is an unusual wood for guitars, and it's very heavy. Yeah, I've, I've held it. It's really, it's quite heavy. Yeah, and it's got like, you know, what people would refer to as a baseball neck. You know, it's like a baseball bat. Isn't it? Uh, isn't there something where the wood was taken from some sort of apartment? Okay, so the the black walnut was a tree that fell down, and I believe Hurricane Gloria in the eighties. And uh, Rick Kelly, it fell down in his neighbor's yard, and he was like, "Hey, you mind if I drag that off your yard and then hmm. throw it in my my workshop for about thirty years?" So it's it's cool, and I feel like there's. There's like, you know, some sort of power behind that story or something. I don't know. It's just cool to have an instrument that you know that somebody really paid attention to all those details about the wood and was, you know, took that time to craft it. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's like it, it's got the power of nature in it. Yeah, the hurricane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when will this, uh, this album's mixed and mastered, but when will it be completely finished and available? That's a great question. You know, I think... Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's all done. I think I'll probably be able to get it pressed in the next couple of weeks, and hopefully it'll be online for free listening, hey. maybe free download, uh, by when this podcast comes out. Great. Awesome. So keep a lookout for that. Um, and the new website is going to be juxband.com. Yes. That's G- what I was trying yes. to remember. J-band. Thank you. J-U-X-band.com. <laughs> I suddenly yes. blanked on... Wait, what's the... And there, you can hear, sample, and then also purchase the record.
on, one of your other uh, groups, as I alluded to earlier, is a group called Nexus 4000 that, well, it's not your group, it's not my group, but we both play in it. With uh, It's led by saxophonist, multi-instrumentalist, and composer Gabriel Sundi. And you're one of two guitars in that ensemble. I am. How would you, because I, I, you know, when describing the band to people, I don't know what to say. How would you describe the band? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I would say it's sort of swampy spastic space jazz rock yeah i say space jazz swampy and spastic i like that yeah because it kind of goes in between those two we have some tunes that are very swampy and some tunes that are very spastic right so some yeah i feel feel you some tunes are very bayou (laughs) some are very some are very tweaker i don't know i got yeah (laughs) i feel yeah i feel like if you were just to spend a week in the desert like that music would really speak to you (laughs) With a lot of peyote. Yeah. Oh, well, that's assumed. That's it. Um, as the second of two guitarists, plus, you know, a keyboard, you know, me, and amid the, like, harmonic fray that is the band sound, how do you fit in, texturally speaking? Uh, I don't know. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I kind of try to see what everyone else is not doing. And then I'm like, hey, is there something that needs to be here? And oftentimes I'm just not playing and I'm just kind of listening and I like that aspect. But I think my role is like a little bit more of the uh, Niles Roger in the in the band and that I'm I'm kind of I'm more likely to do sort of like a funk comping with wah wah pedal and stuff like that hmm. versus Nate, the other guitar player, is um, probably less likely to to do that kind of approach i think that's my main role when i'm not wang doodling Hmm. is that a technical term (laughs) it it is Hmm. it is yeah so i think i'm kind of that do you you and nate like coordinate what each of you are going to do ahead of time to a certain extent or is it kind of on the fly uh it's on the fly i mean we you know we rehearse so gives us some idea but there's so much of it is just improvisation so it's kind of just like anything you know i could ask you the same question this is true i'm kind of i'm doing I, I lay out a lot too when it, or or just go for more compy stuff to like sometimes single notes or just just playing a lot of effects just exactly turning the ring mod on and flipping the delay pedal around to just create a whoosh wall of sound yeah i try to sound like a hurricane sometimes actually <laughs> Well, cool. Let's hear a little clip of the Nexus 4000 record, Space Magic. Uh, We're going to hear a bit of your solo. We're only taking a a little bit of a segment because these compositions are about in the 10-minute length. Uh, But we're going to hear a bit of uh, the tune Sundance that features you. And for all our listeners, uh, the Nexus 4000 record just came out. So if you heard the Gabriel Sunday episode... You can you can get online and check out Nexus 4000, and this track features Gabriel Sunday on tenor, of course Grant Fisher on guitar, Nate Jarrell on guitar, Doug Musen on trumpet, our co-host Ed on the keyboards, Mac Layton on bass, and Charlie Weller on the drums. Thank you. 
And we're back. That was some really different guitar tone on that one from the previous track. Yeah. It's cool, though. M- more pedals. Way more pedals. <laughs> what, kind of, what, what, what pedals were you using? Um, I, th- I think I used two different, um, basically like tube screener clones, tube screamer clones kind of pedals, and I stack them for, mm. for that sound versus, uh, yeah, try to use more of like that tube um, breakup for, for the trio stuff actually surprisingly clean maybe a little bit of delay and reverb mostly just that amp sound for the trio stuff for the trio mean? yeah that's for, what i was that's what i was noticing whereas uh, it's a little more pedal board heavy with nexus 4, yeah there could be delay on that as well but definitely chained distortions sounds great though oh thanks that's dude. really cool yeah uh, and on the, even though it's a total wall of sound on that track i really like how you you built some ideas and had some cool phrasing going on before the solo uh, spiraled into, what do we call it? Space jazz uh, swamp. <laughs> swamp, <laughs> swamp, swamp madness, a swampy yeah. space jazz madness, swamp fever. Yeah, there was so there these was are technical terms we use in music. <laughs> there was so much buried in there. We were actually listening to it and trying to figure out if I was playing or not. <laughs> and then we figured, oh wait, there I am. There, yeah, because I'm I'm mixed in in a way that kind of fills out something, but it's it's not that obvious. It's cool. Well, back to the trio, we're going to hear another track from that. Uh, I believe this one's called Dashi, and I I played this song. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, we played this in the... uh, Gold Hill All-Stars. Golden Hill All-Stars. Oh, we did, so we did. Yeah, Yeah, and that was a a cool version of it. This one's a little bit more, yeah, like minimalistic, hip-hop-y kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Let's take a listen.
You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Here's your jazz forecast for January 22nd through the 28th. Monday, January 22nd. The Mingus Dynasty performs in concert at the auditorium at Scripps Research Institute. Come hear the legacy of Charles Mingus's music played by some of the best musicians out of New York City. Downbeat is at 7.30 p.m. Guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, 21 and up. Tuesday, January 23rd, Jazz 88 presents Jazz Live with the Ralph Peterson Quartet at the Seville Theater on City College campus. Music begins at 8 p.m. If you're a Jazz 88 member, reserve two free tickets online. If not, you can call 619-388-3301 for tickets. Jazz Live is a monthly live radio broadcast with a live audience. If you can't make it, listen from home on Jazz 88.3 FM. The Havana Jam, an Afro-Cuban and Latin jazz jam session, kicks off downtown from 8 p.m. to midnight at Prohibition. Wednesday, January 24th. Trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66 in Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come down early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. On Thursday, January 25th, Lorraine Castellanos and friends play some jazz, Latin tunes, and other favorites at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. The Danny Green Trio plays a concert at Mission Trails Golf Course at 6.30 p.m. Admission is $10 or $5 for members. Check out the new jam session over at the Ken Club, hosted by saxophonists Robert Dove and Ian Buss. Music from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. It's a $5 cover, but musicians get in for free. You must be 21 and up. Friday, January 26th. Pianist and your host, Ed Kornhauser, brings his trio to the Handlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. with Mackenzie Layton on bass and Kevin Higuchi on drums. No cover and parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Bassist Marshall Hawkins honors the late great San Diego saxophonist Daniel Jackson with a concert at Dizzy's, featuring a collection of developing young performers. Music starts at 7.30 and tickets are $20 or $15 for students. Also on Friday, Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate, a series in the Plaza Bar at the Westgate Hotel. Music from 8 to 11 p.m. Saturday, January 27th. At Dizzy's at 4 p.m., there will be a celebration of the life of San Diego jazz guitarist Mundell Lowe. 
Friends and family will share eulogies, stories, photos, films, and tributes to this internationally celebrated musician and composer, one of the great guitarists in jazz. The Whitney Shea Quartet plays at La Valencia Hotel in La Jolla from 6 to 10 p.m. Also on Saturday, San Diego's queen of boogie-woogie, Sue Palmer, plays at Beret Southern Bistro at 7 p.m. Vocalist Allison Adams Tucker pays tribute to Joe Pass and Ronnie Scott with guitarist Joey Carano and saxophonist Robert Dove at the Westgate Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. Sunday, January 28th, pianist Joshua White presents Solo Reflections Part 1 at Dizzy's featuring the music of Billy Strayhorn. Music is at 8 p.m., admission is $20. Tim Felton and crew host their monthly funk jam at Panama 66 in Balboa Park from 6 to 8 p.m with house amps, percussion, a drum set, and a real Hammond B3 organ. Check out Sundays in the Park on Facebook to see a song list and sign up. Friends of the podcast, singer-songwriter Steph Johnson and bassist Rob Thorson play at the Turf Supper Club from 8 to 11 p.m. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. This is San Diego Sessions. Follow us on Instagram at San Diego Sessions Podcast. This is San Diego Sessions, your inside perspective on the San Diego jazz scene. And we're back, coming to you from Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. This is San Diego Sessions, and our guest this week is Grant Fisher. Uh, That tune you heard was Dashi, featuring Grant's trio called Jux. And then under the jazz calendar, you heard... Ed Kornhauser's composition and our theme song, Tapehead, uh, and both of those were, re- were recorded by me. So, shameless self-promo there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but now, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the best part of our week, the San Diego 7, featuring Theodore, Edward Theodore Kornhauser. I almost decided to be Theodore at one point in my life, but <laughs> I'm glad I stuck with Edward. Uh, that's my middle name. Anyway, or Theodore is. Um, also, quick sidebar, I realized I goofed last week with the San Diego 7 and left one out, so it was the San Diego 6 with Tim Felton. Sorry, Tim. So we're uh, going to do eight questions today. Right, yeah. <laughs> to make up, average it out. Right, exactly. All right, so these, this is the San Diego 7. These are seven rapid-fire questions that we'd like you to answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Number one, this is a classic. What's the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? Uh, Got to get this album art done. <laughs> oh, wow. 7 a.m., got to do it. I could tell by the tone of your voice you were dead serious got, about that. Got to do it, yeah. I just woke up and, yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, if you're trying to get this completely out by next week, then yeah, yeah. totally. Get it done. When did you get your first guitar, and what kind of guitar was it? Number two, rather. That's number two. Um, I mean, it was definitely a Squire Stratocaster. I think I was 12. I think it was my 12th birthday that I, I asked for it. And I think I even got it a month early because I was like one of those really annoying kids who would just mm-hmm. be like, Mom, until I got it. So, Well, your annoyance was proven worthwhile in the, in the long run. Yeah. So who's laughing now, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> cool. You started with electric. Yeah. Cool. Number three. Times are tough. You have to sell all your pedals but one. Which one do you keep? 
Oh man, I mean, it's got to be the one of the Mogerfogers. I'm man. I Whoa, think, hey, no cursing on this podcast. <laughs> oh, excuse me, pardon my French. <laughs> you know, I think I, I think I'm gonna keep my ring mod. You know, I'll crank my my amp to get some distortion. Got reverb on my amp, so gotta keep my ring mod, man. Very good choice. <laughs> you chose wisely. Sorry. <laughs> uh, number four. You should settle this issue for us all. Are eyebrows facial hair? No. No. Okay. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> the debate is over. Man, I'm going to have to talk to the producer about this, these <laughs> questions. <laughs> I love that one. Come on. All right. Um, number five. This is a this or that, kind of like in the beginning. Okay. This versus this that. This versus that. Mm. Okay. This versus that. Legendary genre-spanning pioneer guitarist and luthier Les Paul or legendary four-time PG, PDGA World Tour disc golf champion golfer Paul Macbeth. I garbled that at the end. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. That was, that was hard to say. This is the longest question. Of it. Les uh, Paul or Paul Macbeth? Well, how do I choose? What that's, is this? That's This is the... Is this like spending a day with? Like... Like just choose, you just like chilling. There's only one in the world. Like, oh. I mean, it's gotta, I gotta go Les Paul. Les Paul, you know, he's solid body guitars, man. He made the right choice. He did. I love that story about when he was young. He he broke his arm. Like it was the 40s or mm. maybe the 30s, and medical technology was at a at a point where it's like, okay, we can set your arm, but it's gonna be stuck in that position for the rest of your life. You ever hear like his arm? <laughs> His, no, no, he's, I didn't his, know that. he broke his arm, and but they they were gonna set it, but it was gonna be stuck, and so he's like, "Well, I'll get it." They brought his guitar into the doctor's office, and he got it set for him, mm. and then they set his arm, and so his arm was just crooked like that his whole life. Man, like it was just. Thank God for medical advances. I know, I know. <laughs> but he, I, I like that he just. Hey, kid, you broke your arm. Better pick a position that you're gonna want to have it for the rest, the rest of, your of your life. life. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, yeah. I mean, Les Paul, he invented so many stuff. I mean, multi-track recording. That's you true. Know? Him and Mary Ford, yeah. Yeah, I so. mean, I don't think I could. we would be in the same world without Les Paul. But I do know that you have a lot of love for Paul Macbeth. I do. You know, and if you if you had said 12-time world champion Ken Climo, maybe this would be a slightly different discussion. Oh, I should, yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I would still go Les Paul. But you know. okay, Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Grant is a... I don't even have words for like how good a disc golfer you are. It's not just I'm not just saying that as someone who is not very good at disc golf looking at I could unequivocally and objectively say you're kind of amazing. It's oh, frightening. It's frightening. It's fun. You're 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 you're, you're when are you turning pro? <laughs> well, I mean technically I'm a professional disc golfer, but again, it doesn't it it doesn't mean a lot, you know. It just means that I play for money sometimes. <laughs> well, that that leads into our number six. What's your current personal best best on the disc golf course? Oh, I at Morley Field, our local course here, legendary Morley Field, best iconic um, Morley Field course. Yeah, yeah it word. is the most played disc golf course in the world, yeah, um, right here in San really? Diego. Yeah. yeah, it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous cor- course. Yeah. It's in Balboa Park. It's well maintained. It's really pretty. Yeah, I uh, I managed a, a 13 under par there once is my current best. That's, for those of you who don't know, that's really, really very good. 
that's that's quite good. Yeah, there's quite a number of us stuck at 13 down actually, and we can't, it's a hard number to beat. You gotta you gotta really you gotta play well and get lucky wow. to, to beat that. For just for scale, I am I am not a very good disc golfer. I'm slightly better than complete beginner, but I'm not good at all. My best score ever is 19 over. <laughs> no no comment right yeah exactly so when we would play it's like we're, we're not playing the same game <laughs> i was well, just trying not to I throw mean, it into a tree well you know what they say i mean whoever has the most fun wins that's true so it, it is fun it's a nice excuse to get some sun and walk around and uh last but not least number eight number seven <laughs> what about the makeup question oh do you want okay actually you know what you know, okay, we're going to do a makeup question. Here we go. Here we go. We're, do, we're doing this. Improvising. But first of all, first off, our old standby, number seven, bacon. Uh, yeah. Good job. Good <laughs> you man. You kidding me? <laughs> all right. Uh, so even though this is the standing seven, we're going to make up for next week, or last week, rather. Uh, this is number eight, and this ties into our next subject. Do you even pod, bro? Do you know I do? I know you. Pod. You know I. You know I'm into that pod. You're 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 all up in that pod. You have a you work on the podcast yourself. I do. I do. Yeah, my a local um, one. Yeah, my my girlfriend is the main uh, creator and producer of Rad Scientist, which um, if anybody is listening here in San Diego, you might have heard uh, the bumps for it uh, when you're driving in your car listening to KPBS. Um, they've been promoting it and playing, I think playing episodes on, uh, midday edition too, which has been pretty cool. Nice. And what's it, what's it about? So it's just all about profiles of local San Diego scientists and, uh, kind of how they got into their research. My girlfriend is a, a, uh, grad student and she does research at the Salk Institute. So she's got a lot of scientific friends and great access to all these scientists. And, uh, it's really cool. And it's not just about science. It's kind of about how they got involved in it, a little bit about their their personal life. Try to humanize these strange robotic beasts we call scientists. Kind of like how we try to humanize these strange robotic beasts called jazz musicians. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, right. Tell me about it. Seriously. <laughs> Y'all are weird, <laughs> myself included. Uh, how do you go about finding topics? Um, so she, she finds... Um, scientists that are particularly interesting to her on a you know scientific and personal level try to get like a diverse group of people and after she has done a few then she was contacted by a lot of people too and so she would you know look into just kind of whatever interested her and actually you know san diego is is to quote uh the intro is one of the largest research hubs in the country. No, this is true. Like UCSD, yeah. of course, and then all the biotech stuff. It's oh, yeah. In, it's insane here. Yeah, and, you know, and and San Diego State. I mean, there's a lot of serious research that that happens here, and so it's quite a, a wealth of knowledge to draw from. And you do the uh, you do a lot of the music for the podcast, yeah, and also the uh, some of the audio design for it as well. Yeah, I do a little. Um, I I help with the editing and a little bit of the production. Um, and uh, yeah, I did the theme song. And you're yeah. just on all the podcast theme songs. I guess so. You know, yeah. that's a that's you're the, you've got that market cornered. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you want guitar on your podcast yeah. theme. You call Grant Fisher. Yeah. Do you have a San Diego based podcast and you're looking for just that right theme song? Yeah, you just want a little bit of well, overdriven no tube amp. <laughs> you just want a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so where can our listeners uh, find Rad Scientist online? 
Uh, it's it's on the KPBS website. It's also on iTunes and wherever you get your your podcasts from. You just can just search Rad Scientists. And it's available for free as podcasts usually are. Yes. And um, yeah, it's it's cool. There, the episodes are fairly short, about ten to fifteen minutes, and um, yeah, super fun. And you might learn something. I I, I listened to uh, I listened to one yesterday, and I and I I definitely did. Cool. Learned all about sperm. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was really interesting. Yeah, the bit you play, you you managed to crowbar in a clip or just an audio clip from Labyrinth. Yes. I died. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that one actually has a lot of... Uh, audio design, yeah. Yeah, a lot of cool audio design. And, the, and the jungle sounds and the foot, like the muddy footfalls as you're walking through the jungle. It's yep. really cool. Yep. Some some uh, cool, like there's some electric guitar that's specifically represent representative of a, a cervix. You know, good luck with that. When are you going to start putting like elect- <laughs> cervix electrical guitar sounds in our podcast, Ian? I, as soon as Grant comes back to lay down some tracks for season two. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking of some tracks, we're gonna we're actually gonna go back in time and we're gonna hear another track from uh, from your band called. What is it called? Rubber Skunk. Yeah, okay, which I mistakenly again. called Rubber Soul earlier, just out of force of habit. Uh, this this band was started in at the University of Delaware in uh, Go Blue Hens. Yeah, right. Wait, wait, where? Ian knows. Ian's got a you know the the familial ties here. Not to get too personal, but I've seen the yeah. magazine. The univer- I'm from a University of Delaware dynasty. Although yeah. I did not attend University yeah. of Delaware. He was just had to be a rebel. <laughs> um, yeah, so we formed there as sort of like a college jam band funk band and uh those guys moved with me to new york city where we uh recorded a couple records and um yeah a super fun project really kind of funky weird music and uh the track you're about to hear pretty soon was recorded entirely in analog at the wu-tang clan's old studio in brooklyn and uh yeah so it's it's uh it's also was was engineered by the kind of legendary Robert Honablu, who was known for uh, mastering some of the most famous rock records of all time, and he definitely was he was he was part of musical history. So you know, t- look him up if if you guys don't aren't familiar with that guy. Wow. So how did you get into the the Wu Tang studio, the secret lair? Yeah. yeah. So our uh, the bass player uh, for the band uh, Bob DiGiacomo. Um, excuse my pronunciation there, Bob. Sorry, buddy. Um, he was working there doing um, doing some studio engineering stuff, and also I think he was teaching a class. They were kind of running like an educational studio for uh, you know this like urban educational program that he was part of. And so he got us. He gave us the in. They needed a band to record. Um, ended up being kind of like a favor for. For us, because we got to record at this awesome studio, but it was also good for all the students because they got to listen and you know get their hands on the board, and uh, it was it was really cool doing it all analog. You know, it was a, a different experience, and you know any any mistakes, you guys will hear them. <laughs> Can't no cutting and pasting. Well, cool. We'll get to that in just a minute, but uh, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on, man. It was cool to talk to you and hear pick your brain a little, hear about your projects. 
Uh, musical, for me. yeah, musical and podcast wise and everything. Yeah, and again, that uh, look for the new Jux record coming out um, in the next month, and I believe you guys are going to be at Sycamore Den sometime an unannounced date in February. But yeah, that's kind of our like little monthly residency spot right now, and uh, hopefully branch out and get some more get some more gigs here in San Diego. Yeah, so check back for the jazz calendar, and we'll be sure to to hype that gig for you. Uh, also, if you're out there and you're interested in the podcast or you'd like to be a guest, you can reach us at sdsessionspodcast at gmail.com. Um, but again, thanks a ton, Grant. And we're going to hear this last track called Future Man. Can I just say one quick thing before we go? Nice shoes. <laughs> you too. Yeah. I'll post a picture of that, but Grant and I are wearing the same shoes right now. I had them first. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, they're space shoes, but they're worth checking out. Future man, master plan. Save the world with your jam. Six foot six, tally stands. Check the science in his hand. Future man and Japan Take us to the promised land Two by two, one and all Future man's crack the code Going to the future
You've been listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artists. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. <laughs>